This weekend at the box office, Elvis took care of business as audiences left the building and entered their local multiplexes. Plus, Tom Cruise finally went where he's never gone before. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, because he's going to shoot a movie in space. The 204th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make, where each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I ain't nothing but a hound dog, barking all the time. Is it barking? I don't know. I was, I I was torn between barking and crying. I think it's crying. I'm worried that you're right. <laughs> Let's leave it behind to get into the top five, you shall we? What is a hound dog? You don't know what you're doing. Seems to me the dogs bark far more often than they cry, so I was just, I was just, <laughs> just trying to, just trying to give dog, Elvis the benefit of the doubt. I saw a dog cry today. I'm sorry to hear that. Did you intervene? No. So what happened was at the pool, uh, you know, there's there's two dogs there, but they're dog sitting Murphy. Yeah. He's their cousin, who um, is younger. He's the one who last summer was uh, uh, neutered. Okay. But kept hump. He is phantom humping. Sure. Still doing that when he gets excited. Okay. But uh, he doesn't know how to use the doggy door. <laughs> ah. So if he wants to go in and we're in the pool, uh, he he just sits by the door waiting for someone. So when I was there today, the dogs noticed someone outside and ran into the backyard. And I was sitting there on my phone or whatever. Like, I wasn't going to get up. Yeah. And Murphy ran with them. And then I just heard him at the doors going, because he couldn't get out with the other dogs. Yeah. So I heard dog crying. All right. He was fine. I called him. I mean, over. I, I, just, I called him saying, over and played with him. He I'm not fine. saying it never happens. I. Uh, so our top five in honor of uh, the release of the Black Phone. I've ranked the top five Ethan Hawke movies, and I will say a couple of things before we do this. Black Phone. Um, I uh, Black Door in that Rolling Stone song. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole black room at some point. I. Ethan Hawke has been in a hundred million movies, and I've seen He's in that one with Selena Gomez. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I've seen most of the biggest ones. Okay. So, if what I is the leave biggest out, one you have not seen? Oh dear God! I I've already gotten rid of his filmography, but I will What's answer the that biggest question. Biggest blind spot. I just won't do so just now. Okay. I. Uh, so at number five, I. This was a battle between two movies that I have not seen in a while, mm-hmm. uh, but fondly remember both being uh, pretty good to quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went with the one that Ethan Hawke is a bigger part of and chose Boyhood. Okay. Uh, That's your fifth favorite Ethan Hawke movie. Indeed. Uh, wow. Apologies to Dead Poet Society, which I don't think he's in very much of. Not as much as Boyhood. Uh, indeed. Uh, his role in Boyhood was very strong. Uh, Oscar nominated. Quite, uh, really played on the uh, the same sort of sensibilities that he'd fostered with uh, Linkletter in the before movies, uh, and just uh, just did a great job. A know it all. Really, uh, yeah, really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed Boyhood and Ethan Hawke in it. I uh, I also do want to clarify uh, the other thing I wanted to say: the before movies uh, get one spot. 
okay. on this list, just for the Look sake for of not clogging. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. Number four. You know, this year would have been the year. I know. It's tough. Though, I don't know. I like that things end. I always want things to end. Not me. Yeah. Give me more. Yeah. Yeah, do, it, do another thing. Give me thing. more. Uh, number four is Training Day. A movie that oh, on the... boy. Yeah. Oh. I... That is another one I have not seen in some time. The ranking of all three of these could that could shuffle me, a little bit. Made me very sad. I. Uh, but yeah, Training Day, uh, classic Ethan Hawke, classic Denzel, uh, Oscar-winning performance as best actor, I recall, in one of the Oscars. Uh, silly little turns, but I mean, it's Training Day. Uh, movies ain't King Kong ain't got shit on Training Day, but the following three movies do. I. Uh, this top three I have seen and uh, seen very recently and feel very good about this. Number three is First Reformed. Uh, Ethan Hawke as the belabored. I can't imagine what number two is. Priest. Uh, well, once I uh, once I tell you, it'll uh, it'll fall right into place. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Paul Schrader movie from a few years ago. The uh, the priest struggling with his religion and also struggling with climate change. And struggling with having met Amanda Seyfried, which would be tumultuous for most of us. I uh, really, <laughs> really great movie. Pretty fucked up. Drinks a lot of Pepto Bismol in a way that I didn't like very much. I mm. uh, good stuff. Uh, number two. When I said the before movies only get one spot on this list, I lied. It's before the devil knows you're dead. Oh yeah, sure. I uh, uh, just an absolutely perfect uh, scumbag crime thriller uh the last movie from sydney lumet yes uh and what a way to go out uh, a perfect use of ethan hawk and philip seymour hoffman both uh and just a just a it's a completely uh, completely perfect movie especially for the sensibilities of someone such as myself uh who likes uh, likes a scummy crime movie pretty well uh, and number one, do you know off the top of your head what my favorite before movie is? I'm going to say Sunset. That is correct. Yeah. I think it's most people's. Yeah. You know uh, mine is. Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the, uh, yeah. Mid- Midnight is the, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a way to put this because I, tr- I truly don't mean this in a, uh, in a derogatory way. It's the oh. most bombastic one. Yeah, the sure. most. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the climax. Yeah, the big, the biggest, uh, the biggest showcase. The, the whole movie is mostly a climax. Yes, got to put them through it. You know, before sunset to me is the perfect blend of the sort of uh, romantic uh, walk in the park, nothing happens beauty of the first one. And the more uh, complex beauty of life intervenes and we have to have to start adjusting to the real world a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it blends, uh, blends those things, uh, those two things together. And it's just a, uh, it's just an incredibly beautiful movie. And Ethan Hawke is incredibly, incredibly good in it. Uh, I don't know which we need to watch first, Training Day or uh, Boyhood, to know how uh, incorrect that is. That's interesting. I, uh, Training Day would be shorter. Sure. For you to realize how poorly it's aged. I think uh, I think perhaps I should take on Training Day on my own. Why? Oh, you think uh, I'd skew it? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think perhaps uh, you might be sitting here and booing it. 
I no, I don't don't mean actually booing it, but yeah, I Ooh, I forgot about Quiz Show. I don't think it would have made the list, but I should have considered it. Yeah, Quiz Show's good. Good movie. I think movie. you did mean booing it, but not actively yeah. saying boo. But yes, that is, that, is, that is correct. I, uh, let's see. Haven't seen Lord of War? Could that be my biggest Ethan Hawke blind spot? No. I, Have you seen Gattaca? No, no. That's, People love Gattaca. Yeah, that's, prob- that's probably the answer. I, Maybe you'll take to a scanner darkly. Gonna, I've seen that. Okay. Uh, been many years though. I'll look through this later. Uh, let's get to our actual top five before I uh, just start talking about how Ethan Hawke was in the director's cut of Total Recall, the no. 2012 edition. Okay, sure. I uh, was going through this and thinking, hey, we just watched that. I don't call Ethan Hawke in that film. Uh, director's cut only, as it turns out. Elvis opened at number one this weekend. It made 31.2 million dollars top gun maverick came in the number two spot with 29.6 just barely edging out the number one spot or uh, being edged out of the number one spot in its fifth weekend that was a 33.7 percent drop it is up to 520.8 million dollars jurassic world dominion came in at number three with 26.7 million there was a 54.8 percent drop it's up to 303 million dollars the aforementioned Black Phone opened at number four with $23.6 million. And finally, Lightyear came in at number five with $18.1 million, a 64.1% drop. That's up to 89.2. God, there weren't enough of you to get Lightyear to 20? Not quite, no. Would have been cool, though. Good Lord. At least all five of our top five movies this week have normal and respectable numbers. Well, and that is our uh, what we're going to talk about. Our top story is just the box office rebound. I think for the first time since the pandemic, this looks like, at least the top five, like a normal chart. Yeah. This is what the box office looks like. The four movies made over $20 million uh, in their third and fifth and first weekends. We had two performer openers that opened to peak performance. This is what should be happening. Now, anything below that, well, we just need to get more product in the marketplace. Right. And what this tells me is that people are going back to the movies. They want to go back to the movies. And if there were more things in the marketplace, then I think that this would just... I think the chart could just look normal. I think that if if these movies... If there were more things out, I think we could have just had a normal chart where the rest of the, 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 the top five is, you know, 13 million, 8 million, 5 million, 4 million, 4 million. I just, I think that we're there. And it's really encouraging to see um, so many specific uh, movies drop to such small amounts week after week. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Doctor Strange certainly flattened out. And a lot of this these small drops had to do with again the fact that there are nothing. There's nothing in the marketplace outside of the big uh, blockbusters, but the holds are there all the same, and I think it shows uh, word of mouth is still strong and people are just going to the movies. This is very refreshing to see. We got a lot of big movies ahead this summer, and then really nothing in August except for Bullet Train, which I don't know could do really well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this bodes well for Minions, 
you know, we all know what Thor's going to do, but um, this is just a really delightful and uh, uh, encouraging start. I think we can officially say the box office and theaters are back. Yeah, there's just a, there's not room for a miss, mm-hmm. you know. When you have a, well, when there's so few products, yeah. When you have weekends that uh, that put out like the Bob's Burgers movie or Downton Abbey, when you when you do Downton Abbey, A New Era, and Bob's Burgers back to back, that's kind of what leads us to being uh, the bottom the bottom half of the chart being so small. Yeah. But once we uh, I mean, when we get the when we get the real uh, the real good hits out there. Those can those can still hit for sure. Down Abbey could have just done these numbers and Bob's Burgers opening on the same weekend as Jurassic World, and again that would be perfectly normal. Sure. Um, we just can't have Down Abbey be the sole opener uh, that weekend. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Even though it it kind of was, I think, when the first one did uh, open. Um, what did open this weekend? Elvis, as you said, made $31 million. Yeah, I thought that maybe it could, uh, just kind of explode onto the scene, but it didn't. And given the, uh, the reviews, which are good, uh, if not stellar and, um, the very, not experimental, but niche filmmaking style, especially for a film specifically targeting older audiences, those that are, uh, more hesitant to come out to the theaters, um, this is as as good as we could have hoped for. It's a good per theater average. It's a top of the box office. Uh, Tom Hanks back where he belongs at the top of the box office. Although I really don't give him a whole lot of credit for this opening. Sure. Um, it's all on Austin Butler. Yeah, I th- that kid's gonna be a star, and I think they're gonna push for an Oscar now um, for him because people. Even people that uh, don't like the movie say that he's terrific in it. Uh, as far as cinema score goes, it is an A minus cinema score, which has got to be Bo- Bohemian had an A. Rocket Man, I think, had a B. A B? Like a B plus. What do you have Rocket Man a B? Rocket Man had an A minus. Rocket okay. Man had the same as, as Elvis. Okay. And that was much more straightforward. Yeah. Biopic uh, editing wise. Um, but I think that what really helped Elvis, aside from the truly stellar trailers, was its placement in front of Top Gun Maverick, which not only has made the most money, but has consistently brought out older moviegoers. Yeah. So then they know Elvis is coming out, and the trailers play great on a big screen, and here they are. I think a majority of the, I think a good portion of the audience was an older women who have been the most hesitant to come out to the theater. And um, this could be a case of Top Gun Maverick in the sense that this could find a younger audience as we continue. Legs should be pretty decent. There's not going to be a whole lot that's opening wide that's for adults in the next few weeks. Uh, maybe not even till Nope. I'd have to look. But, you know, Thor and, and Minions are, are certainly not for adults. But they will take adults away as they bring their kids to it. But uh, I think that this, is, uh, this, this could be a player... Um, I think its budget was a bit much, which I guess makes sense. It's like an extravaganza. Quite a bit of NSYNC music to license, I'm guessing. Uh, it cost 85 so not terrible, no. but certainly going to need overseas play. It's at 51 right now worldwide. And uh, if it holds, then it could uh, get toward 
Great Gatsby range, which was Baz Luhrmann's last hit, which made about 120-something. Also opening the Black Phone, which again is exactly where it should be. I said this a few weeks ago that I think that's going to open to 20-plus. Here it is at 23. Yeah, Um, you were right on the money there. Well, well reviewed, good trailers, and a Blumhouse, uh, a Blumhouse, let's say, early bird spec. So, well, no, that's pretty cheap. A Blumhouse uh, Groupon, okay, of eighteen million dollars. I see, because they, uh, yeah, they spent the money there. Blumhouse specials are lower than that. Yeah, but Blumhouse specials like six. Yeah, generally under ten. If you want to do 10, it's for like the Purge 4. Right. It's like an established Yeah, their, their big franchise play mm-hmm. costs $10 million. Yeah, 10. This was this was them taking a cut. This was them taking being a like, cut we, that they got. We did, you know, we did our responsible shit. We want to we wanna swing for the fences here. They, apparently, they had a good script. It's getting good reviews, although there are people who really don't like it um, on Twitter that I've seen, but it's, it's getting good reviews, and... Um, people say it's very uh, turns to be a very feel good blockbuster, which is fun. That's interesting. Uh, Edgar Wright said it had one jump scare that really got him, and he doesn't usually get get got by jump scares. Okay. So that's great. I mean, last year horror with old and the Conjuring and stuff was one, and uh, um, what's it called? Bumblebee, Candyman was one of the more reliable genres. They're cheap. Usually the people that go to see them are young. So it makes sense that uh, that they would do relatively well. Um, so this isn't that, which is why I thought this could open to 20. But amidst a crowded marketplace, what I really love about the top five is that there really is something for everyone. You have the award-chasing drama you have the older skewing blockbuster. You have the younger skewing blockbuster, the horror film, and then the kids movie. There's something for everybody right now playing yeah. at the multiplexes, which is really great and uh, encouraging to see. And Black Phone. I mean, I, it, 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 it has a, what does it have, a B-plus cinema score, I believe, which is pretty decent for horror. It's at 36 worldwide. I mean, if this can hold on... And get to around 60, uh, we're looking at a, a bona fide hit, and they have said they do have plans. They do have an idea for a sequel if this were to be a hit. The Red Phone. <sighs> yeah, should it be the black something or stick with the phone? I I don't know. I mean, I feel like it should be neither, but then you'd have to put, like, a grabber tail. Right. And just be like the squeaky bed. Right. A grabber experience, and that's tough. A grabber experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, the grabber is the villain in the black phone. So I think I think you, I think you just go classic. I think you go the black phone too. Okay. The the grabber always rings twice. And its second weekend, Lightyear dropped sixty four percent and made eighteen. Uh, right now it's at eighty nine domestic, worldwide we're looking at one fifty two. I mean, this thing is going to just just get by 200 worldwide and it's going to uh, drop out near Pixar's lowest grossing, if not the lowest grossing Pixar movie. This is just a giant miss. And uh, that's really all the lessons we need to take from it. Please keep releasing Pixar movies in theaters. It's nice for Pixar, though, I suppose, that a 
movie that's going to make $200 million is a giant miss. Worldwide, yeah. Yeah. Well, which, which, isn't, which isn't to say that it's not. It's just that, like, some giant misses make, like, $40 million. Right. Um, but, yeah, this just didn't work on, yeah. on, on, on every conceivable level. And anyone that says it's because of a... Uh, a same-sex kiss is someone you shouldn't be listening to. Indeed. It's Especially quite stupid. it is a blink and you miss it. Yes, it is not part of it the film. literally happened and I went, oh, I guess that was it. As as they so often do. Yeah, for real. They, people, people get so up in arms about Disney movies being gay. And the people that should be up in arms are the ones that want that to happen because yeah, Disney is just, point. like, embarrassingly bad at it. Not bad at it, because that implies they're trying and failing. Uh, they refuse to actually do it is the problem. Good point. Spotlights. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion crossed $300 million this weekend. Worldwide, we are looking at 748 Yes, it had two hard drops. It did not even out in weekend three, but it doesn't need to. It's already crossed 300 on its way to 350 plus, which when it opened is what I said would be a a terrific result. And it is the, it joins the likes of since 2020, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, and the Batman in movies that have grossed over three and Top Gun Maverick in the movies that have grossed over $300 million. So what is uh, so special about Top Gun and Jurassic out of those Spider-Man, no way home, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and the Batman have all crossed $300 million. Um, neither Pete Mitchell nor Owen Grady. Grady. Uh, were ever published in little flimsy paper books. They are not superheroes. That's correct. Yes. It is uh, so. It is a feat in and of itself. That especially because Jurassic, the Jurassic movies are really just regular people dealing with incredible odds. Yeah, um, which is more and more rare as far as blockbusters go. Even the Fast and Furious movies are like, no, no, no they're superheroes. Yes. Um, so. That is still a, a, a huge deal, and it is uh, the sixth, yeah, the sixth Jurassic movie to cross that benchmark, and it'll get to 350, and it'll get over 900 million worldwide. Huge hit. Huge quiet. It seems like a quiet hit, but still a huge hit. It does well because it's in the wake of Top Gun, which and, is our and next Top spotlight, yeah, yeah Top Top Gun is a hit for the record books, and Dominion's just a really good hit. Yeah, and. No one, no one cares when the other thing's happening simultaneously. Yeah. Top Gun is our next spotlight, our final spotlight. And what else can be said about this incredible run? It dropped another 33. It didn't quite get 30 million in its fifth weekend, but 29 million. Five, 20 domestic, which let me just, where did I put? That currently ranks at number 15 on the all-time list. It has surpassed the 2017 Beauty and the Beast and The Rise of Skywalker. On the list, it's the 15th biggest movie of all time domestically. 
But I'm here to talk about the worldwide numbers. Let's. It has crossed $1 billion, becoming the first Tom Cruise film ever to cross that mark. It is the 50th film in history to cross a billion, which is crazy considering that I remember when the first film did that. No, I don't. That was Titanic. I remember when the second film yeah. did ever do that, did that. You remember reading about how one movie had only ever done it. Yes, I remember being like, could a second movie cross a billion dollars? Now we have 50. Years later, Alice in Wonderland would do it. Here are all the movies that are not animated or have any fantastical elements in them that have crossed a billion. Hit okay? Me. Titanic. There you go. I'll, 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 I'll give that. Yeah, yeah. That really happened. Make sure I don't miss any. Good, good. Fate of the Furious? No. No. You want to call? All right. No. Is that on the same level as Top Gun, though, as far as fantastical elements? No, because, okay. I mean, this is a... Yeah, you know, we were just talking about how these movies are just regular people sure. doing things, and so, uh, in the Fate of the Furious, uh, one, of, one of them kicks a missile away. He pushes it with his foot. Um, what? <laughs> Uh, Avatar is just the no Titanic. That's is what we're talking about. Yeah, Skyfall. That's two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joker, three. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that is, is that superheroes though. Yeah, I mean it's that is that Nothing is like fantastical happens in it. That's true, but the which is why it's, I gave him it's adjacency point. to the fantastical is why it made so much money. So you want to just count it? I do. Okay, Titanic. Skyfall. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Titanic, Skyfall, Top Gun Maverick are the three movies that have made a billion dollars without the help of animation or fantastical elements. Crazy. Tom Cruise's first trip to the Billion Dollar Club. It's very cool. And it's not stopping. I think this could get over 600 million domestic. That was going to be my question. Yeah. And my answer was going to be like, it seems like it should. I think it can. Yeah. And if, if it does, it'll be the 12th movie to do that, which is crazy because I remember there was only one movie before that ever did that. Yeah. It was Titanic it, again. It keeps happening. Um, Just a stunning result for a movie that really does deserve it. And that's all I have for you. All right. Well, then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did it, it make more, more or less than, than American I made? <laughs> I lost it. Oh, I thought you did that on purpose. No, I was to trying screw to screw with me. I was trying to remember the movie and I couldn't, so I okay. lost the count. Gotcha. Do it again. I. It's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did it, it make more, more or less than American, American. made? <laughs> Got it. We all know how to play any movie. You tell me whether it made more or less, less. than American made at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me. What year the movie came out? Are you ready to play? Play, yes. All right. Your first film, The Girl on the Train. Ooh, I just scratched my sunburn. <laughs> That's not correct. Um, a I'm girl sorry. on the Train yeah. made more. It did make more. That is correct. 2016. Also correct, yes. Uh, that movie, that guy got his thing in his chin. 
his neck. Yeah. And we thought that was gross. I don't think now we'd think that was gross. I think we would because it wasn't that it was like especially graphic. It was just kind of specifically graphic. You know what I bought today? The girl on the train. (laughs) No, I own that. Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Blu-ray. The original, I hope. (laughs) No, I bought uh, 3D. <laughs> the Netflix version? I bought the, th- the most recent one, the 3D one. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, no, and I, I was debating it. It was it was like 10 bucks or less on Amazon yeah. for the 40th anniversary edition. And I thought, God, that's such a good movie. I thought, do I want it in my home? Yeah, man. <laughs> like, is it that? Isn't it just like, it's not like, a, oh, it's a rainy Sunday. What should I watch? Do I want this like vile film in my home? It's the... But you think it was a good purchase. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the difference between you and me, man. I bought it. Yeah. No, that's cool. Right. Well, that's the similarity between you and mm-hmm. me. Uh, so The Girl on the Train, you uh, you nailed it. I got it. Second film, uh, another with two these. The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yes. The remake. Uh, <laughs> no, it's more. Oh, is it? Yeah. Day the Earth Stood Still. I know what you're that okay. Hit me. I know what you You know why, too. Uh... 2008. Yes, indeed. That is correct. I, a year which will live in infamy. Yes. I, and then followed, concluding our uh, our trilogy of these, The Girl on the Train, The Day the Earth we Stood Still, oh. The Lovely Bones. Oh, The Lovely Bones. Less. Truly one of my least favorite movies. A movie I kind of think that re-watch. I should rewatch. Yeah, I agree. Just to... Make sure. Just to re-up on that. What was that Wahlberg line he had? I I don't remember a line. I remember... What was that one thing? I, I, I remember him giving up on the quest to find his daughter's murderer because his absentee wife came back. And he was like, ah, forget it. Oh, I don't know if that's what I'm thinking. And then the sibling like had the clue to solve it, but she was like, Mom! And she also decided to forget we it. We both forgot it. Yeah, I know. Not a good film. I... I said less. You did say less, and then I started talking. That is correct. Less. Less is right. Mm. I'm going to say 14, but that sounds wrong. Is it 10? Uh, it's much closer to 10. It's 9. Oh, 9. I'm and it's like, it, it came out at the end of 9, and then off. was in 10. Oh, but yeah, that's a... Uh, well, that was but, evidence when it didn't do anything box office wise or award wise. Yeah. Although Tucci got nominated. There you go. Pretty sure. Tucci was probably good in a thankless <sighs> role. Uh, four points, solid win. Congratulations Thank and you. well done. Uh, come and gone from a theater near you. Are you ready to go back in time? I'd like to be anywhere but here. All right. Uh, either before or after The Girl on the Train. I forget when that came out. Probably the fall. 2016. Yeah. Well, we're doing 2016. It's October. Uh, so before September. The Girl on the Train. We're going back to 2016? We featured 2016. <gasps> oh, I'd love to go back to Week 25. Happy birthday to you. The weekend of oh, your birthday. Yeah. The 17th through the 19th. <laughs> there are two films here. Number one and number two. 2016. Let's see. Central Intelligence. Yeah, that's the first. That's the that's the number two. I uh, thirty-five. That is exactly right. Uh-huh. Central Intelligence made thirty-five <sighs> and a half in the number two spot. In the number one spot. Mm. Did we, is it? A, did we go to see it? 
Yes. On my birthday? Probably. Probably. Uh, is it Pixar? No. Do you want that uh, that specific of a clue oh, so early God. on? Monsters University. No. All right, hold on. It's not brave. No. I know. They didn't sign out the year before. Oh, Finding Dory. That's correct. Yeah. It was, I think. I think we saw that with Mom. Yeah, that seems right. I, uh, well, I, I guess I'll... One, thirty-nine. It was five again. One thirty-five. Yeah, but still, that's a, that's a, that's a hit in my book. You know, the song Unforgettable has basically been stuck in my head since we saw Finding Dory. Why? That song? It's, yeah, it's in the, it's in the credits. There's like a... Oh. There's like a Lady Gaga version or some shit. Is it because you were working shit. at the time, so you, you heard it a lot? Maybe. I. But it, it was one. It's one of those songs that like I always knew, but not, like never really considered. And then it was playing in the movie, and just kind of hit me that like, oh damn, this song's like fucking awesome. Yeah. I uh, and it's just kind of just kind of been the, been there the whole time. I uh, yeah, one thirty five for Finding Dory. I. Uh, Nailed it. Nothing else at all is going nothing on. Else Not at even all. A little tiny things. I have nothing else at all either. So all right. Recommend a movie for the folks of this week slash weekend. All right. Uh, let's talk Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Okay. Uh, extremely limited release uh, this week. It's out in six theaters. I'd imagine it's going to expand a little bit. It'll expand a little bit. I think nas- nationally on the fifteenth. Okay. I. Uh, but yes. Well, I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little short on recommendations. Uh, I'm not Give gonna. Me your best Marcel impression. Oh boy. I. Uh, oh, that's really good to know. Actually, no, no, that's really bad. That's <laughs> really bad. Wait, hang on. Oh, it's really good to know. Actually. A little better. That's really good to know, actually. That's pretty good. Thanks. I, uh, yeah. So this is a movie that already exists, right? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, like, this isn't is a remake. This isn't the debut of Marcel the Shell, isn't this? Like, isn't isn't a whole big part of it that like it's coming back? Like part of the plot. No, like part of the no, release strategy. No, it was strategy. a web series. It was a web series. That's what yeah. it is. Okay. I thought maybe it was like a movie that came out in the pandemic and had no. a whole moment that I missed. No. Okay. It was a web series that is now being made into a film for the first time. Yes. I. Uh, yeah. Seems really cool. Love the trailers. Very excited about it. Yeah. Uh, it is on its very limited release, so you probably don't have occasion to see it, but it's either that or I redo a recommendation or I give you Minions. And that's not something I'd do. Uh, so I'm going Marcel the Shell. Uh, take a little trip, perhaps, like Marcel the Shell <laughs> with shoes on. Um, I haven't seen the black phone, so I'm going to skip it. What I do know is coming out next weekend is the 25th anniversary of, and therefore they're showing it again in theaters. What year was 25 years ago? 25 years ago was 2007. 25 years ago. Damn. Uh, 97. Yes. Yeah. Fourth of July weekend, 97. What came out? Uh, ooh. Uh, regular Jurassic Park? Nope. That was 93. 
Damn. 97, uh, the sequel came out, but Memorial Day. Cool. Uh, Saving Private Ryan? No, that was the next summer. Okay. Uh, Titanic? Mis- this solidified him as Mr. July. Uh, Mr. July 4th. Who was it? Yeah, Will Smith? And what, what movie might he be in in 1997? Independence Day? No. Men in Black? There it is. It's Men in Black 25th anniversary, and they're showing it in select theaters. That's very cool. Next weekend. So if it's been a while, and if you've forgiven him. Um, he ruined a man's life, Brian. Chris Rock is then, dead. Uh, and we mourn him every day. Men in Black is going to be in theaters. It's very exciting. The theme song, which I... Sing the theme song. All I can think of is Nod Your Head, which is the sequel to the song. Uh, do, 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 do. No. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke, much men like Chris black. Rock used to tell. Men in black. Come on. Uh, here come the men in black. Galaxy, Galaxy Defenders. The good men guys dressed in black. black. Remember that, just in case we ever face-to-face and make contact. The title held by me, M-I-B, means what you think you saw you did not see. Right all the time. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> right all the time. So that's coming back to theater. So if you're uh, alone this weekend like me, maybe go check it out, baby. Should be fun. Take a blast from the past. Go get some. I don't know why Burger King is so specifically ingrained with memories of like 90s summer, but to go get some Burger King, pop on some 90s, uh, 97 playlist on Spotify. It's going to be great. Cool. Love that. That's it. Plug us up. All right. You can find us at whatsinthebossoffice.com. Yeah. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm Brian DeServer, D-A-S-U-R-B-R. Uh, of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify, the same place you'll find your 1997 playlists right. before you go see Men in Black with your Whopper. I don't think you can bring that into the theater, but put it in the bag. What are they going to do? Tackle you? Maybe. Slap you in the face like Will Smith did? I think that's enough. (laughs) This has been what's what's coming on next week? Minions. Whoa. Let's see. Does Illumination uh, still have the power? Sing didn't open huge, but legged it all the way to 160 back in December. This is their big brand. We haven't seen the minions on screen in several, several years. Our audience is ready, or have they been minioned out? We're going to find out next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. Until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.